your faithfulness, Lord, endures toward every generation. God, we thank you for your word, as you said profoundly, that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain. And not only that, but your love will remain. We thank you, Father, for this moment. We thank you for this opportunity. Use me, God, to speak, Lord God, the truth, Lord God, that will set men free. And God will give you the praise for it. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we are beginning our brand new series entitled Love Is. And uh, this series is particularly designed uh, to help us to understand what real love looks like from a biblical perspective. This month is really special for me because it's, it's called the Love Month, obviously, because everything is kind of built around Valentine's Day. But uh, as some of you know, it's really special for me because I have two of my siblings, two of my kids, that were uh, born in the month of February. Uh, my daughter, Elise, uh, she just turned 22 years old. She's out there in the back, and she turned 22 today. Amen. And, uh, and my son, Jeremiah, he's over back this way. He uh, turns 15 next week on Valentine's Day. Amen. And so, 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 so this is really a special month for us. And, uh, and I really, really uh, am anticipating on, on just really digging into this series. But how many know that in order to really understand love, you really have to go back to what the Word of God says about it? If you live in a, we, all, we live in a world today, in a society, that do not understand what real love is. People mistake lust for love. People tend to think that, that love really is just all about me. Never understanding that love ultimately is about sacrifice. We find today that people are in and out of marriages and we see infidelity at an all-time high. And, and sadly to say, it's not just the way it looks in the world, but how many know that some of those attitudes have crept into the life of the church? And, and I believe, how many, how many believe, like Jesus said, that the church is the light of the world? How many know that the church is supposed to point the way to explain to people what real love is? In fact, when people really want to understand what love is, they need to be able to look to us and say, uh, this, this is what love looks like. Wow. I've been in situations where I've seen churches uh, split. I've seen, I mean, I've been saved for a lot of years. I've seen fights in church. I've seen people getting mad and talk about their pastors like a dog. I've seen people get upset and talk about themselves like a dog and then stand right up here and then try to minister. I, I, I've, I've seen in all of my years of ministry, I, I, there's, there's a beauty with the church. Don't get me wrong. I love the church. But we are deficient as it relates to walking in love the way God wanted it to be. What we must understand is, is that when we don't walk in love, then we lose the credibility to be able to reach people and bring them out of darkness. So when we talk about this issue of love, we must understand that, that, that love is a powerful force. Love has the capacity to, to cover a multitude of sins, the Bible says. It can overcome hate and prejudice. It can heal the most difficult of circumstances. And so 
if we're going to be that light, that city on the hill, then we must commit ourselves to walking in love. And now, now, now I, I want you to really, I really want you to just really just, I want you all in right now. I, I don't want you distracted. I really, this is a message, I'm telling you, that's, that's going to help all of us. Because how many know that, that, that the world is looking for help? The world is screaming. The world is screaming for deliverance. The Bible said that the whole creation is moaning and groaning, waiting, wanting to be redeemed. We know that there's a higher place. And let me tell you, it is through this thing of love. If we don't get this right as a people, if we don't get this right as a church, we cannot make a difference. We are the difference maker. I believe, like Bill Heibel said, that the church is the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world. We cannot be cavalier in terms of how we relate to each other. We cannot be cavalier in terms of, 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 of how we commit to one another. How many know that we need to step it up? We need to be different. We are called to a much higher standard. Love must be the foundation by which we do everything. Everything. 1 John chapter, uh, actually, let me go to, yes, let's go to 1 John chapter number 4, verses 7 and 8. And we'll eventually come back to our main text. Here's a very powerful verse. Look at this verse. He says, beloved, this is John, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves, watch this, is born of God and knows God. But he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And let's kind of dissect that a little bit. So John is really echoing what Jesus said. Jesus' last commandment before he left, he said, he says, love one another. He said it's a command. How many know a command means it's a command? It's, it's not optional. And John is really echoing that. And he says, brother, let us love one another. Why? Why do we need to do that? For love is of God. Jesus said in John 13, 35, men will know that we are his disciples because we have loved one for another. Men are not going to know we're Jesus' disciples because of how, many great, how much great stuff we can do, how much, we, how much great stuff we can give. Men will know that we are Jesus' disciples by how much love is coming out of this place. We are known by our love. In other words, our love should be so unique that when people on the outside world, when they see our love, that they were like, wow, those people, man, I don't understand it. They come from different backgrounds. I mean, they're, they're, they, 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 got, they got Jews, they got Arabs, they got white, they got black, they got Spanish. They, I mean, and they all legitimately, they really love each other. They, I mean, social, social, uh, so, uh, uh, economically, they're on different planes and different levels, socially, different levels. And yet through all of that, they love each other. How, how do you do that? 
How, how, how do you do that? That's the kind of love that we're supposed to have. Jesus said, everybody in the world is going to know that we're his because we love each other. How many you know love is a high premium? Now, we're going we're to build on this. So you stay with me. So everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. So here's what John is saying. What validates that we are born again and that we really know God, watch this, is that we are lover of people. You are a lover of people. Let, let me tell you something. I, I know I, I, I hear it in the spirit, so I'm going to address it. Well, you know, I don't like some people. I don't this. And, you know, I've never been a people person. You need to get delivered. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. I mean, the Bible said if any man be in Christ, he's a new what? The Bible said if any man will come after Christ, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and do what? You ain't the same you. Why are you trying to hold on to it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So watch this. We are different. We are supposed to be a lover of people. I said last week that when new people come in the house, there ought to be a level of excitement. I'm not talking about where you're just faking it. I'm talking about where you just love. You are glad to see people come anywhere near Christ. Oh, it's, it's a good thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. We ought to be that. And he said, everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He said, one of the ways you know, you know God, is that you love people. And if you're one of those persons that like to say, but I don't like this and I don't like that, let me tell you something. Well, see, I got it. Well, can I talk like I want to talk? See, I have a problem with people say, well, you know, I, 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 I love you, but I don't like you. You know how to church, you know, we some slick folk. We figure out ways to get around how we know we are supposed to act, so we come up with these little cliches. I just, I can't imagine Jesus looking at somebody and saying, I love you, but I don't like you. How would that went over? But that's what we do. How many know I may not like something about a person, but how many know I got to love them? There's no option. So I don't make it a habit saying what I don't like. I mean, listen, I love people. You know why? Because God loves people. And the Bible says that God so loved what? The world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved people. And yes, not just because, not just you who are saved, but he loved the ones that are outside the kingdom too. Are you hearing that? He says in Ephesians verse, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, therefore, be imitators of God. Who are you imitating today? And walk in love. And, and, look, look at that verse. He said, and walk. In other words, this is where we live. We just, we just walk in love on the right. I mean, this is, we, we love people. We are walking in it. He said, walk in love. In other words, stay in it. Live in it. Abide in it. Walk in love. Be known as a person that love. What are you recognized outside of this place? How do people recognize you? How do they talk about you? Do they, do they say that you are a bridge builder or do they say that you are a divider? Do they say that, that you are a person that is encouraging and uplifting or do they say that you just bring down everything and everybody? How many know that you're supposed to walk in love? Be imitated. How many know when you're imitating God, you're going to love somebody? Look, I can't hold on. I know some of us are coming to the kingdom. I told you I'm going to talk. Some of y'all might get offended, but y'all got to stay with me. Some of us coming to, listen, we came out of the world with prejudice, hate, 
Bitterness about, how many know that when, when you get right with God, it's time to lay it all down? Like you can't call yourself a Christian and you walking in hate and prejudice. I don't like white people. I don't like black people. I don't like Muslims. Oh, why are you here on the planet? I mean, really, God loves the world. How many know God loves them? And he wants to reach them. Are y'all hearing me? Is anybody, am I talking to myself? I feel like I'm all alone up here talking. So, this, so, so he wants us to walk in this thing. I want to, we got to learn how to walk. I mean, every, I mean, everything about our lives should be just a walking, we should be like a, a love machine, just always dispensing love. Because he said, look, if you know God, you know love. This is a God thing. Now, this is tied to your relationship with God. It's deep. He says, watch this, for God is love. God doesn't have to act. God doesn't have to, God is the core, the nature of God. Everything about our Father, he is love. How many know, how many would testify that when you came to Christ, that God softened your heart? You remember how you were, how you, how you were with some folks, and all of a sudden you get right with God. I mean, you couldn't hold on to bitterness no more. You couldn't hold on to unforgiveness. I can't hold on to it no more because God has loved me so much. I, I, cannot, I cannot afford to allow myself to not like you. I have to lay it down because he laid down so much for me. He loves me even though I'm unworthy. I don't deserve it. Can I, can I get an amen? None of us deserve but he loves you anyway. I cannot allow myself ever to walk in unforgiveness, to walk with bitterness, and to hold, whatever you want to call it. The Bible says this, and Jesus said it, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't want those chains in my life. I don't want them. I want God to be able to pour into me at any moment, at any time. I got to be walking in the spirit. I got to be in a place where if God want to use me, I'm available. And not just because I'm here, but I'm here with the right heart, with the right attitude and the right spirit. Now he can use me. This is why Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, watch this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 45. This is the verse every Christian loves. I said that jokingly. <clears throat> you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, I tell you, I, Jesus talking, I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Did anybody feel like praying for people that do you wrong? Do it anyway. Because you're inspired from a whole different place. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. In other words, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, look, God's children, they love their enemies. Now, you've been taught of the world to hate your enemies, right? To despise the, those who mistreat you and do you wrong. They, they, if they smack me, I'm going to hit you back. How many of dads said that to your son? They hit your boy, go hit him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, he's telling the truth. But, but how many know God said, Jesus, I mean love Jesus. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for them. Not them in precatory prayers. Well, Lord, cut their head off, Lord. Lord, destroy them. Lord, get rid of them. Vanish them off the face of the earth. Look, that, listen, that, that, was, that was a different time frame, but here's what you need to catch. 
When Jesus was talking, he was setting the order back to the way it was originally meant to be. He said, watch this. He says, watch this. I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for them. Why? Because then you will be the children of your father. You know, when your kids make you proud, you know, when they're bailing, you know, or when they're ooting, you know, or when they're pressing. You know how we our kids make it? That's a Preston. How many know that when we act right and we do right by God looks at us and say, that's my boy. That's my girl. She's loving her enemies. She's praying for them. That's my girl. God's children loves their enemies. Oh. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. How many know God is good to all? He loves people. Now, I'm going to go back to this point right here in 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. Y'all see it with me? 1 John chapter 4. I want you to turn there because I want you to lay eyes on that verse. I I still feel like we have some work to do with the church. 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. When you get there, say amen. He says, now look at this church. He says, if someone says, now, how many know, now, now God's going to raise his stakes here. Now, how many love the word of God? Yes. Let me ask you another question. How many of you are ready to obey the word of God? Yes. All right, here it is. If someone says, I love God, is there anybody in here who ever said, I love God? Yes. Come on. He said, if anyone says, I love God, watch this, and hates his brother, he is a liar. I didn't say it. God said it. He's like, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment, and this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must, everybody say must, must love his brother also. He says, someone say they love God. John, listen, y'all see the language John is using here? He's using some very, very provocative language. John said, he, I mean, he, he's saying, look, if you say you love God and you don't love the person that you see that, that was made in God's image or that's a part of God's kingdom, more, more specifically, a brother in the Lord, he's saying, don't even, you are, you are straight up lying. Straight up, he said, don't even go around talking about you love God if you don't love the person you're looking at. Don't you understand that you love me is to love him or her? Did did you not not understand that? Did you you not understand that if you don't like her, if you you hate your brother, you hate your, don't you understand that if if you are operating in that spirit, you do not love me. I don't care what you say. You can raise your hands, you can stomp up and down, you can shout, you can speak in tongues, you can prophesy, you can do all kinds. Listen to me, if you don't love your brother, God says you don't love him. God said you're a liar. Boy, that's some strong language, ain't it? Oh, God, that means, I mean, so watch this. My relationship with my brother affects my anointing. <laughs> I mean, said, but I'm anointed of God. Yeah. If you're anointed of God, foundationally, you ought to know this thing about love. How many know every mature Christian understands the principle of love? I'm amazed. I'm amazed how much, how much 
people don't get this. I'm going to talk about I'm going to come back to that in a second. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So watch this. So the evidence that we love God is that we love our brother. We love one another. That's the evidence. That's the evidence. And it's a commandment. Very strong language. It's not optional. God has boxed us in on this one, hasn't he? God has boxed us in. He's, it's like God is saying, no, no, you, you have to love your brother. How many, how many of you understand what that means? God ain't giving you no, there's no wiggle room there. Oh, but God, what if they don't, what if they don't treat me right? Uh, God, God, what if they don't pay me back my money? God, God, what if they talk about me? I mean, no, God, God didn't love, listen, God's love for you ain't predicated upon what nobody say or do. God loves you because he's love, and you're supposed to walk in that. Your love for people ain't got nothing to do necessarily with what they do. You will never control people, but you can control you. You can't control people. I learned a long time ago, stop that. You can't control people. But tell me, no, you're accountable to God yourself. So God has boxed us in. And you know the only way you're going to get out? You got to love your way out of this one. <laughs> you got to love your way. You can't get out. God has boxed you in. Pastor, do you mean I got to love brother so-and-so, sister? Yes, you do. God, please let me out. Ain't but one way to get out. You got to love your way out. That's it. You got to love your way out. There's, listen, I got no other news for you but that. That's the revelation right there. Love your way out. Look at the neighbor and say, love your way out. That's the only way you're going to get out of it. That's the only way you're going to get free. If you've got relational problems, whatever you're dealing with, you've got to love your way through it, baby. You've got to love your way through it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's get to our foundational text. I've got to get ready to wrap this up. Paul says here, though I speak with the tongues of men. Let's look at verses 1 and 3. He said, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels. But I have not love. I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though, watch this church, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, he said, I am nothing. And though I bestow, and this is what it really gets deep. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nada. Nothing. So let me give you a little bit of context here. So the Apostle Paul, I was writing to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church, if you read your Bibles, you know a little bit about your Bibles. You study the book of Corinthians. They had all kinds of problems in that church. I mean, there was sexual immorality that was going, I mean, just wild in there. Uh, you know, they had problems uh, with people suing each other. Um, the, the, so the Corinthians, the, the church at Corinth had all kinds of issues. I mean, they, they were gifted. They had spiritual gifts. And you know what? And they were just self-promoting. They were stepping on each other's toes. People were yelling. People were, were just, you know, speaking in tongues and prophesying all over top of each other. And everybody just trying to, you know, you know, trying to show off their gift and show off. And, and Paul had to bring some order in the house. Everybody say order in the house. Order. Everybody say order in the house. Paul had to bring some order. So he's writing to the Corinthian church. If you read, if you read the book of Corinthians, it's like Paul is just setting a lot of stuff in order because the church was just going berserk. So Paul is addressing this. 
And so watch, and so Paul says, watch this. Here's what Paul is essentially saying in this verse we just read. Being gifted with no love disqualifies one from ministry. Let me say that again. All right, because y'all don't like that either, do you? Being gifted and no love disqualifies you from ministry. Faith that can move mountains, you got it, but you got no love, disqualified. Sit down. If I can speak in tongues, no love, disqualified. Sit down. Oh, I can give, I can feed the poor. No love, disqualified. Sit down. Charismatic and anointed, no love, sit down. Paul says, I am nothing. You see, and what's amazing to me, Paul was saying, until one learns how to love, you need to sit down. Why is that? Hear me. Are y'all listening? Say amen. Because the basis on which all ministry flows is from love. So whatever your gift is that God has given you, if you don't understand the fundamental principle of love, then you, then you missed it. You need to start all over again. Go back to the basic. How many know this is the basic? How many know your gift doesn't impress God, but your love do? He gave you the gift. No, he, no, no. Your gift don't impress God. And, and there's a lot of folk that are very gifted, and they put a whole lot of emphasis on their gift. It's all about my gift. You ought to recognize my gift. You ought to sit down and love somebody. Let's start there. Because until we learn how to love, you ain't qualified to do nothing, really. You just mess it up. Because how many know when you're not operating in love, then yes, there's pride, there's arrogance, there's all the flesh come in. And, and how many know God ain't in none of that? See, we are far too anxious to display our gift rather than to love somebody. That's a, you know, and so we, we got a church. We, we got a, 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 a church, man, who's supposed to be, who's supposed to understand what love is. And, and we're, we're standing around and up here, and man, we're, we're not walking in this thing the way we should. How many know it's a bad precedent? And it's a foundational principle that you should have learned in Christianity 101. And I'm amazed there have been Christians that's been saved for 25, 30, 40 years, and they're just as mad as when they first came into the kingdom. They're still mad. Still want to beat up somebody. Still gossiping. Still, whoa! I mean, come on, church. How many know? Yo, yo, Christianity, but you gotta look. If you ain't a lover, if you don't know how to love, you better sit down. What, what kind of what kind of Bible you been reading? How <laughs> I many you know? Listen, I'm a pastor. Everything I do, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some insight into something. This is just how God deals with me. As a pastor, you always have to. You always challenge, and you always have to make decisions. You know, sometimes people like decisions, people don't. But I get it. It's, it's, it comes with the territory. But here's one thing, God made very clear to me that whatever you do, you make sure that love is your motivation. Love is what? Let me tell you something. Love must be at the core of everything. I'm talking to you leaders. How many of you want to be leaders in the kingdom? You got to learn this principle. Because if you don't do it out of love, you'll do it out of something else. See, I can't allow myself to get into tit for tat. I can't allow myself to get into, well, I want to win this, I want to win that. No, I have to be in a position of what is best for you. How can I best position you to get close to God? How many know that this is what love really does? See? This is love. But, But fundamentally, 
the church is so deficient because we're all about, I don't know why, I don't know how we got here. I don't know. I, I, just know I, just, I just know that the church is supposed to be this place of healing. You know, some of you, you ought to look forward every week to coming into the house of God because they're vibrant, life-giving relationships. Come on, church. There's something in here that just, it moves me. It motivates me to be around the people of God that love each other, that understands this principle. We talked about serve. We said, listen, you can serve, but, you know, like Paul said, you know, you can give money. You can do a whole lot of stuff, and love can be completely detached from what you're doing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Love got to be motivated. Love got to be behind everything we do. Your gifts, how many know God didn't gift you so that you can look cute? And you look cute. But that ain't why you're gifted. God gifted you to love somebody and to help somebody else. How many know, is that what Jesus did? John 3, 16. I mentioned this verse earlier. But listen to this. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the word that he gave. What did he give? He gave his son. What was his motivation? Love. Jesus was anointed, right? Jesus went about doing good. Am I right about it? But guess what? Everything Jesus did was out of love. And the evidence that he was walking in love is because when people mistreated him, he didn't hate them. He didn't try to get back at them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many know that's love talking? Because if you don't love them, you can't do that. <laughs> Come on, church. That's why you say, man, if that was me, I would have sent down all the forces of heaven and I would have zapped all of them. Jesus, he loved us. The Bible said in John chapter 13 that, that right when he was, he was ministering to his disciples, he was washing their feet, the Bible said that he loved them all the way to the end. He said, I've given you an example, kids. Follow my steps. Follow my steps. God's motivation, everything he does was about mercy. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, but God, everybody say, but God, who is rich in mercy. How many know that God got a lot of mercy stored up? Aren't you glad that he's rich in mercy today? Because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead, he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. So as it relates to ministry, Love is the engine that makes the car go. Just like all, the, just like all makes a car go, how I many know love makes a church go? And you know when a car don't have any oil in it, what happened to the, what's going to happen to the car eventually? Uh-huh. If a church ain't walking in love, that church is doomed to fail because it's designed to love. And when we don't do it, not only do we grieve the heart of God, but boy, we send the wrong message to the folks out there. Finally, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, having addressed all those issues, he says to them, he says, look, watch this. Everybody look up here for a moment. Let's look up here. He says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. He said, but first, he says, pursue love. Pursue love. Don't pursue your gift first. First, Pursue love. <laughs> but in a good word, isn't it? In God's, God's word is good. He said, pursue love. He said, then desire a spiritual gift. Now, because I understand, I, 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 I'm committed to loving. Now I'm ready to use my gift because it's built on the right foundation. Pursue love. He didn't say, don't pursue your spirit. Don't pursue spiritual gift. Pursue love first. And your gift 
will make manifest itself, and you'll be in a position to use it effectively. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three. And the greatest of all of them is what? Love. Love. This church is foundational. Love is everything. I speak to you as your pastor, but I speak to you also as a brother in Christ. I implore you as if the Apostle Paul was standing here himself. Paul would often say, I, I beg you, I implore you. I beg you as a church of people, love each other. Love each other. Because when we love each other, God, the, the heavens and the possibilities of what God can do in this place is immense. Is immense. Amen. Come on, if you receive their word, give Jesus a praise clap. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed as the ushers prepare for communion. Amen. You know, I, I really want this to be, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I really want us to really allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts this morning. Just really. I mean, this is a wonderful time to take communion. But I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. The Bible says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. In other words, church, here's what I want you to understand. I, I don't want you to fight it. I don't want you to, you know, one of the quick things that we do uh, oftentimes is we'll, we'll, we'll quickly say, um, you know, we'll, we'll say, that's not me. And we put up these defenses. We, or we put up these fences and, and, and we really don't allow God to change us. You know in your heart if you have been walking in love, you know, if you are committed to love, you say, Pastor, you know, I, as far as I know, I know I pastor, I tried. You can't do it in your own strength. This is really about the Holy Spirit today. It's really about the Holy Spirit. And so maybe the Holy Spirit's convicted you. You know what? You know you haven't been walking in love. In fact, you've been walking in anger. You've been walking in bitterness. Maybe you've been walking in a little bit of jealousy. We'll talk about that in subsequent weeks. Maybe you've just been just, just not flowing with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to use you. Before you take communion, repent. Maybe you've been full of gossip. Maybe there's somebody in this church right now that you really don't like. That every time you see him, it makes your skin crawl. That you need to relinquish that thing to God right now. You need to get delivered. We need to be delivered together. We need to allow the Holy Spirit. We need to allow him to move. And before you take communion this morning, let's do it with a right heart. Let's commit. Let's do a, a fresh commitment to say, you know what? I'm going to love even when it's hard. I'm going to love even when it's painful. I'm going to love no matter what happens. I'm going to love. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay down my life because I know if I do this thing, that God will help me and my life will be so much better. I want you to take a moment and examine your heart. Examine your heart.
Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken. Thank you, Lord God, that by your stripes we are healed today. We receive, Father, everything you have given to us today. Lord, the food today, God, was worthy, God, of our praise. We thank you for feeding us, Lord, with your word. And God, we receive that word. And God, we thank you for this moment. Shall we eat together?
the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we thank you for your blood that have washed us of every sin. God, our stain, Lord, the stains have been removed. God, our sins have been forgiven because you spilled your blood and you gave us life. So, Lord, we, we take this today, Lord God, in a very fresh way, committing ourselves to loving one another, Father God, and to loving our neighbor, and Father, and walking in that love. Father, in Jesus' name, let us be healed, Lord, of any ill feelings in our hearts and our emotions. As we take this today, wash us clean afresh. Clear our conscience afresh. 